Welcome to Full Bloom, the podcast for millennials on a journey to finding purpose and pursuing passion. My name is Martina Lindo, and I believe we can learn from each other's experiences and hopefully help each other to bloom and grow into the people we were always meant to be. Your journey to full bloom starts right now. I'm so excited today to have have with me Miss Danny Coleman. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. Welcome to Full Bloom. Thank you. Thank you. And I already know we met on Instagram. Yes. Um, so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the people? Well, my name is Danny Coleman. I am an actress, writer, director, producer, and full time mom. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys! And I just found out that she has three children and you know you know they say black don't crack um because she looks good like yeah, I, I would you. never have known like wow three yeah. kids and I only have one and we were just kind of talking before because my son was at the door like trying to get in and it's a lot balancing all those things and you are very multifaceted yeah. so how did you get into all of these things wearing all of these hats okay well I had been acting for almost seven years when God talked to me and said, we're going to flip the switch. And Mm. prior to last year, I had never written a script, never even, never even thought of writing a script. Like it, it literally happened overnight. Like I happened to see a post on Instagram for a film challenge with uh, Screening Room ATL. Mm-hmm. And it's like something spoke to me in that moment. It was like, hey, I got a story to tell. I, I, can, I could talk about this. Um, called up one of my very good friends, Jay Scott. I think you and know him as well. Yeah, he's, yeah. Been on the, he's been on the podcast. And I ran the idea by him and he was like, okay, well, write it. You know, we'll see what we can do. And then it took off from there. And I just haven't stopped yet. That's crazy. So, okay, let's go back. What was little Danny like? Oh, well, I'll tell you this. I always wanted to be famous. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Although now I can say I do not want to be famous. I just want to be like in my successful bubble of being able to still go to the store and nobody bothers me, but like be successful in what I do. Mm. But from the time I was a kid, I mean, everything, dancing, singing. I used to like create comic books. So creative writing was like always a thing with me. It just, you know, as you grow, things go into the back burner and you forget Mm -hmm. about it. And so I was just always that kid. I would try stuff or on the show you know <laughs> were your dolls like performing with each other all the time girl listen if I could pull up some videos you would see I used to line up like all of my teddy bears and dolls and like teach them a lesson and like tell them what to do <laughs> so I guess being like a boss was always part of the plan because I would literally like line them up and like there's pictures like my mom has pictures of me doing it like telling them what to do and then That's all right so we're gonna funny. do this and Oh, wow. So it's always kind of just been in you. Yeah, I think so. so. Go ahead. I think so. I think like performing and organizing and like just taking charge has always been me. (laughs) 
So for you, like when you were growing up, did you always want to be in a creative space? Like as a career, like did you grow up saying, I want to be an actress? Like what was that thing that you and when anybody asked, what did you want to be when you grew up? Absolutely. I actually knew when I was really young that I wanted to work on radio. I was actually the first thing I I knew I wanted to do. I was like nine or 10 and I was like, okay, I'm gonna work on a radio station. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like a little DJ. (laughs) And then like the whole TRL MTV 106 and park era came about about, Mm -hmm. and I was like, Oh, you know, I think I want to do that. I want to like introduce people on TV. And then it just continued to evolve while I was figuring out like, okay, well, what exactly do I want to do? I knew it involved television or radio. Mm. So then when do you, did you go to college? Like, did you, when you were in high school, did you do those things? Like, how did you like progress into this space? I did. But the funny thing is, so throughout high school, I was part of dance team and I was really involved with that. But in college, I did not study mass media. I did not study theater. I went to Florida State University for business marketing. What? Uh, Yes. However, it's crazy, right? Like, I actually did not go to school for what I knew I wanted to do. But once I got there, I, um, my freshman year, like... Florida State's right across the street from FAMU. So it's mm-hmm. like a big collective of everything, Black yeah. culture, predominantly white institute. It was a big thing. And there was like a lot of like modeling troops and dance groups. Yeah. And, like stuff. and I remember being a freshman and like different groups were like interested in me, like coming to their interest meetings and like seeing oh. about it. Mm-hmm. And I remember being a freshman said, oh, I'm gonna start my own. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. And like, I literally like seen like different things and with different like um, modeling troops and they would like put fashion shows on and, and I was yeah, like, yeah, I could do that. But I got an, I got another idea. So my sophomore year is when I started, like I started my own fashion organization and we hire models and local fashion designers and I would produce the fashion show and organize it and That's all this stuff. Crazy. It was crazy to them too. Cause they was like, who is this little girl mm-hmm, coming <laughs> in trying to campus? Like, Oh, I'm going to do it myself. And Wow. That's crazy. I think it's important though. Like as you grow, like when we're when we're that age, we're not thinking about it like that. Mm-hmm. But all of those things that we do kind of build on top of that skill set, that's going to eventually lead to that thing that we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So it's crazy. Like you were producing shows before you realized you wanted to be a producer. Didn't know anything about it. Yep. That's mm-hmm. crazy. So when did you realize now, OK, you graduate from college and what was your first job? Like what was the first thing that you did, like, quote unquote, in the real world? I worked as a production assistant. Oh, okay. Yeah, yep. Got right into it, stumbled upon it. Like, I literally finished school, moved to Atlanta, like, two weeks later. I think I knew three people here. (laughs) And when I got here, um, a friend of mine connected me with someone who went to FAM, and they worked in entertainment and they was like, oh, well, we need a production assistant. And I was like, yeah, I could do it. Lying like I knew what it was. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't know. I just heard production. It was like, yep. Yep. This is it. And, no yep. questions asked. I'll figure it, it out. I'll Google it. Yep. And that's exactly what I did. YouTube University. I'm like, what exactly do production assistants do? OK, I got it. Wow. So do you feel like... 
as a multifaceted type of artist, producer, extraordinaire, do you feel like that's a skill that is necessary in our space? Like just being able to learn skills on the go? And how is it helping you? Yes, I think it's necessary only because I always tell people there's a thousand ways to make a million dollars. So if you're passionate about this business, it's good to know how to maneuver through other things because you never know. Like like right now, as an actor, I've been getting auditions, but productions are not. Right. Are not going on. However, I have been able to help produce a couple shows that are going to be coming about simply because I had that skill and people were like, I'll just email you the script and we can get started that way via Zoom. Yeah. So um, I think that's benefited me of being able to have different skills in the business and kind of pick up and drop off wherever necessary. Yeah, I agree. I have a friend and she's going to be on the podcast eventually. She's trying to get her life together. It's so funny. <laughs> but we always talk about it like, and she's an actress and she says that, you know, she doesn't believe that, that whole idea of the struggling artist, because it's like, we are, as a generation, we are too multi-talented mm-hmm. and we have too many resources at our disposal for yeah. people to decide to be like, oh, I'm a struggle my way. I'm a, I'm a couch surf just because like, I feel like there, we have too many things that we can learn to do quickly and monetize it. So do you feel like that's something that you have been able to like leverage throughout your experience and throughout your career? Yes, absolutely. Um, like I just, I'm always willing to jump in where necessary and definitely have been able to monetize off of it. (laughs) And, um, you know, just learning, just maneuvering my way through being available. Yeah. Okay. Learning how to do it on the fly or Google search it. Okay. This is what it entails. I also believe in like finding other people who also have similar skill sets. So you can kind of like, feed off of them, help them yeah. help you. And, you know, I don't try to do it all by myself at all. Mm. And I think that's important to like, I know for me, that's something that I still, even now managing, you know, several businesses and ventures, it's like being able to delegate effectively mm-hmm. um, and recognizing when it's time to delegate. Mm-hmm. So for you, like what's, what's been the greatest lesson you've learned so far in, you know, becoming the person that you are now, who's, you know, doing all of these different things and wearing all these different hats? The greatest lesson, honestly, it's just been understanding that I don't have to do it by myself. Yeah. I think often we we take on this, I can do it by myself, I'm going to do it by myself, and we don't want to necessarily rely on anybody for help. I -hmm. think being able to, to recognize where I'm good and where I need some help and asking others for help has absolutely helped me go this far. Mm. I I do that. I do think that. And I see, uh, especially on your Instagram, you, you really have a supportive community and like a supportive tribe. So just talk a little bit about that. Like, why has that been so important to you? Um, And just, you know, why do you think it's important to continue to support other people in their work? Honestly, I'm a lover. I just feel like (laughs) you give love, you get love. And it's, it's one of those things like there's enough space for all of us. 
There yeah. is, this is a great big world. There's enough space for every one of us to find our lane, make our space or collaborate and, and yeah. make something great. Like I am not that person who feels like, nope, I got to be here. I, nobody mm-hmm. can reach me and I don't want anybody getting close to what I'm doing. Like, yeah, no, yeah. not at all. So I, I think in me showing others that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to collaborate. Like it's no competition. I think it's allowed people to feel comfortable working with me and learning from learning from yeah. me and the way I do it. Cause I you tell people all the time, like I'm not trying to Tyler Perry this thing. Yeah. And I mean that with the utmost respect, but if you're familiar right. with Tyler Perry, you know he if you look at the credits, his name is on almost every line. Yeah. He does everything. And it's like he does everything. I don't I don't feel like I need to. Like yeah. Jay Scott is one of my biggest supporters and we work together on every one of my projects. That's like my brother. We're we're yeah. that high, you know? And it's just like I tell people all the time, oh no, 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 that looks great because he shot it. I just had yeah. the idea. Or like, oh, you know, you know, I go to local black owned businesses and be like, hey, you know, we're shooting a film. I don't really have a big budget, but I'm really good with marketing. So if I could borrow your space for four hours, I will market your company for the next month. Or yeah. and like so I'm all about bartering and like just building, building a tribe, building a support. I really system. love that. I do because I think a lot of times, like especially today, everybody's just trying to be all about themselves and all about like, how can I grow my brand? How can I grow my business? How can I get my name out there? But I love that your mentality is like, no, let's do this together. Like, you know, let's exchange our skills. Like, cause I mean, you ask anybody to do anything for free. Now they look at you cross-eyed, upside down, backwards. Like, it's just like, that's not something that you do anymore. Right. But I love that you've built this community of people where it's like, no, we pull from each other and, and we use each other's strengths to like build up our own, yeah, our own tribe essentially. Yeah, basically. So, so talk about one fine film. Um, how did that happen? Like, and we're going to talk about outsource too. But let's start with one fine film. And if you guys don't know, that is her production company, um, and they're doing some pretty dope things. So let's talk Thank about you. it. Yeah. So as with most ideas, it came to me out of the blue. When <laughs> when I first started making films, I started my own hashtag fine ass filmmaker. Okay. And it was because I was just like, you know, filmmaking can be like cute, attractive, sexy. Like I want to yeah. show up on set looking good and mm-hmm. ready. Like, and I was saying this thing, like whether I am in front of the camera or behind the camera, I always wanted to look like good doing what I do. Yeah. And so I was like, Ooh, hashtag fine ass filmmaker. Cause I had seen like some behind the scenes pictures from one of the sets. And I was like, Oh, I looked good. And it was because I, I was dressed in what I was wearing for in front of the camera. Mm. But the picture was me behind the camera, like telling people what to do. And I said, okay, fine ass filmmaker. And then <laughs> it just went from there. And I was just like, one fine film. Like this is a, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, this is a good project. I like it. I was like, oh, this was one fine film. Yeah. And fine ass filmmaker. And then I just <laughs> took it and just stuck with it. That's That's exciting. So what's been the most exciting project you guys have worked on so far? Oh, Charlie. Yeah. So that's when you did. Obviously, you did it with Jay, but you do all your films with him. Yep. (laughs) So what made that one the best? You know, because I really stepped outside of my comfort zone with that one. And I just 
trusted the universe to provide because it was actually a class assignment mm-hmm. from my my mentor is an acting coach and a director, and he's been mentoring me for years um, here and in, and in L.A., and he gave us an assignment and he was like, OK, I want you guys to create some type of content over the month of December. When I come back to Atlanta in January, we're going to watch it as a class. And it was mm-hmm. like it was like some rules. He was like, you cannot use more than two people from this class. So you need to pull your resources from out of out from wherever you got. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I want you to use whatever equipment you have. You don't feel like you need to go all out about it. I just want to see what you can create with the two people you get from class and whatever resources you have. Well, I procrastinated. (laughs) The only thing I knew from the beginning was the two people I wanted to use from class. Mm -hmm. I was like, they're great actors. And I was just like, yeah, okay. I like them as actors. And I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Girl, it was December 26th and this project was due January 11th. Girl, you really procrastinated. You had the whole month. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, yeah. I know, because ideas just got to come to me. And when the pressure is on, like, oh, I have to yeah. do this. I'm like, uh, I'm not thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I was scheduled to go back to LA January 4th. So I was like, we gotta, we gotta figure yeah. this out. And that's during the holiday season too. Yes. And I had, um, I was, um, assistant directing a hair campaign commercial out that way, like January 5th. So I was mm-hmm. like, we gotta get this done. Cause when I yeah. come back, it's going to be top of class and just, I, I I always say to myself, I have a good eye for talent and like mm-hmm. putting people like in place, like, okay, this person will be good for that or this. Yeah. And with the two actors that I had, I was like, okay, I know what his strengths are and her strengths. I drafted up an idea, sent it to them and said, can we start shooting this January 1st? Wow. In the less than 11 days. And they was like, yep. And we shot it over the course of three days with my iPhone. Wow. Yeah. So, but it was my favorite project to date because it wasn't my norm. It's it's a suspense thriller. It's a little like, it's it's a lot going on. It's a little edgy. And I'm like, okay, I'll try this. You know, it's totally opposite from Outsource, which was totally opposite from Finding Sunshine. And I'm like, this is going dark. This is going a little crazy. Yeah. And from that, like a three part series was born. So there is a part two and a part three to Charlie. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I have to link all of this so you guys can try to check it out and get caught up. Yeah. So we're going to be shooting like probably in the month of June when everything officially opens back up, we're going to start shooting the second part. But it is it has had the largest response out of everything I put out so far. Like I did not wow. expect anyone to take to it the way they did, but people were like uh, really into it. And then I had someone say to me, you know what it is? We do not have any black female filmmakers making suspense thrillers. Right now, yeah. Jordan Peele is the only black filmmaker making yeah. anything that's like twisted you're watching it but something else is happening and he was like so a female doing it and a black female doing it is like oh okay we're looking at it from a woman's perspective so well that's really dope that's really dope so let's talk about your writing um 
it's so funny. Like people always ask me like what I do. Mm-hmm. And I I do I wear a lot of hats, right? Yeah. But it's funny because all the things that I'm doing I'm trying to make room so that my screenwriting career can be the only thing that I'm doing. Right. And so I'm just, I, I'm listening to you talk and I'm just like, look at her. She's doing it. You can do it too. You <laughs> yes, girl, you it. can. You can. So how did you get to this place now where you decided, okay, I'm going to start screenwriting. I'm going to write. Because it's like, for me, I went to school and I learned and I'm just like, even still like, all right, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to figure it out. But for you, it it's like people who like have these natural like inclinations and can just pick things up quickly and go with it and then do it excellently. It's like, let me get in your head. So let me get in your head. How did you get there? How did you process like that kind of storytelling? I don't know. <laughs> I knew that's what you were going to say. I mean, so... Like, Finding Sunshine was my first stab at writing a script ever. And mm-hmm. I wrote it in six hours. Wow. And and it was because it was a personal story. Mm-hmm. Um, I had went through about two and a half years of very deep depression, like a combination of depression and postpartum depression right. combined. And that being able to tell that story it just, I was being my most honest and most vulnerable self. I was yeah. letting people see a side of me that they never seen and letting people in on a story that they did not know about me. A lot of people didn't know it was a true story until I actually started introducing the film. And they're like, oh my God, what? Yeah. And I'm like, the opening shot is me laying on a bathroom floor. Mm-hmm. And that was a real life moment. I, yeah. I vividly remember I would get up in the morning to use the bathroom and then hours would pass before I left the bathroom because I would just sit there. Wow. Unmotivated to move. And so that's what I'm like with me just opening up and saying, I got to tell this story and telling it from that. It's like it sparked some type of flame in my brain. Like, oh, wait a minute, girl, you got stories to tell. You could tell. some stuff. And um, from that ideas, when they come to me, I would just jot them down and, you know, leave them alone. And then it comes back to me when it does. And I would write on it. Um, I try to make things relatable. I don't really try. I, a lot of what I write about kind of comes from some, some type of personal place somewhere. Yeah. Even with Charlie, yeah. really the underlying message is pay attention because if you watched it, the young lady without telling too much, but if you watched mm-hmm. it, the young lady was never paying attention to who he was. Right. And that's really what spiraled everything out of control. Mm. Like just, as women, sometimes we don't pay attention sometimes with social media and telephones being so prevalent. It's like a, a, a sixth finger on our hand. We're always, mm-hmm. we always have them. it's like very easy to get distracted. So tethered. Yeah, t- tethered, basically. <laughs> so um, that was pretty much it. My writing process is girl is all over the place. I think a person who went to school for screenwriting would be like, what is wrong with you? You're crazy. <laughs> you just be out there. Like even oh, with, go ahead. Even with Charlie, the sequel for Charlie popped in my brain out of the blue a couple days ago, as I was writing in my journal about something non-related, I was like wow. writing. And then I was like, Ooh, and then she does this. Oh wait. And I switched to my, my screenwriting notebook and started writing that. And before I knew it, I had like 10 scenes written out and I was like, wow. Okay, girl. Okay, girl, we're going we gonna to stop it right there. That's what's going to happen. So, 
my That's amazing. all over the place. Yeah, no, but I'm inspired though, because I think that one what I'm hearing is that once you recognize, and I'm big on this, like once you recognize that you have a story to tell and that you have a responsibility to share it, God, the universe, whatever you call it, will make room absolutely for you to share that story. He will make space for that that idea to birth. You know what I mean? Yep. And it just sounds like you have connected very you're very self-aware and you recognize that there's power in the things that you've been through. And so now it's like, okay, I have a voice. I'm going to use it. And I'm really big on that. I'm really big on women especially taking power through their voice. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that that's how you've been inspired to like enter this space. Yeah. It's, it's really not an easy thing to do. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. Mm. Keep in mind, I have writer's block for like, from the time I released Charlie mm-hmm. to yesterday. So for two and a half months, I've been on crazy mental writer's block. Like, yeah. Uninspired, no ideas. I think part of it is just taking the pressure off of yourself. Yeah. Don't put the pressure on yourself to create and then it just it just happens. Yeah. Um, that's beautiful. For you, what was the most exciting thing about seeing your work on screen for the first time? Uh I'm gonna be honest, I'm always nervous, even now when I share yeah. things. Especially now when I show Finding Sunshine, like I look at it and I'm like, ew, I am so much better than that now. But it still has the same reaction that it did when I first showed it, which was people were like, wow, like, wow, this Mm. this is your story. So I think it's been like... Really exciting because a a lot of times, especially as creatives, we get in our head, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, is this good enough? Or I might like it, but, uh, you know, I'm showing it to the world and we don't give ourselves a lot of grace when it comes to that. So I think it's just really for me, honestly, it's showing women that we could do it, too. And that there is no excuse needed. Like I have a whole family of rugrats (laughs) running around all day, every day, getting on my nerves. And I'm living by postally. I am doing it all in front of the camera, behind the camera. Just, you know, and I, I really just do it to show people like, well, we can do it too. Don't, don't let anything stop you. If you got it on your heart to do it, do it. And, and I say this sometimes and I, and I like, I don't mean any, like, I don't mean harm by it, but I think a lot of times when I hear women, especially say that because they have kids, they can't do certain things. I look at them and I, I literally roll my eyes. I'm like, girl, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Like, don't be lazy. Like, don't give yourself excuses. Like, no, you can't. I think for me, I do it because I have kids. Like, I do it because I have this responsibility to, like, live my best life so they can live their best life, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So can you talk about that? Especially, I mean, having twins. Jesus Christ. Yes. Lord, I thank you. Yeah. How, how, and bi-coastally, like how, 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 sis, how? I will say, honestly, I have a great support system, a great support system. Their father is great. Um, they have a, I, they're blessed to have generations of grandparents. They have, they have grandparents and great grandparents on both sides. 
Mm. So it's a constant rotation. Yeah. Their father doesn't live in Atlanta. So mm-hmm. he travels back and forth and out of town. It's like, I'm happy that from a very young age, they ha- they got to see a modern dynamic of how a family operates in the sense of rotating parents in and out. And it's no drama, but it's like, okay, well, mommy's not here. Daddy's here. Grandma's here. This grandmother's yeah. here. Like there's all, it takes a village and yeah. my village is strong and I have a huge support system. I will say that. Yeah. I will say that is the advantage. And I understand everyone does not have that where they yeah. can just have so many people on board to help raise these kids. And the kids don't feel as if they're neglected by mom. Like my children, yeah. they know how to use FaceTime and all of that. They ain't, <laughs> they ain't even thinking about me. They're right. not they're like, okay, well, bye. We'll, we'll see you when you get back. They don't think anything of it. Same thing with their dad. They'll talk to him on FaceTime. Hey dad, what's up? Well, they think nothing of it. They at yeah. no point do they feel like they're missing out because their parents are not around or one of their parents is not around. Like it's never a situation where we're both gone from them at the same time. Either okay. I'm here or he's mm-hmm. here. And we rotate in and out. There's always a grandmother here. Mm. So um with that being said, uh oh, think my phone my thing's about to die, but I'm still talking. With that being <laughs> said, there's always um an opportunity for someone to take care of them and they never feel like, you know. So I tell people that like it's possible, girl, because kids are adaptable. Yeah. Kids don't know any better. Kids yeah. have no idea what's going on. You can you can, you know, move around the country and they pack up and go with you or whatever. They're not they're not really thinking about it like, oh, I don't know what to do. Like when people tell me like, oh, I can't come out because it's Susie's nap time. I feel like, <laughs> Keep it to put Susie down and call somebody to come watch. Listen, <laughs> first of all, I know for a fact children will fall asleep anywhere. Anywhere. Oh, oh yes. If they are tired, they will go to sleep. And that's it. Yes. So for me, I've always had that mindset that kids are adaptable and they come out knowing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like they're not born into the world knowing anything. They they're born having no idea what's going on. All they know is yeah. who you are. And they still might not even know that. They just <laughs> you a person that's always here. So whatever. Kids don't know anything. So you can make up your schedule around them. Like yeah. with my twins, they actually started working on television when they were twenty-one days old. What? Yep. Uh, from me working in production and working in film, television, just working, mm-hmm. um, someone had gave me a call and they was like, hi, Danny. Um, I know you just had your twins, but we need a set of twins for Greenleaf. And we were wondering, <laughs> would you be interested? And I was like, <laughs> in what? Because I literally just just had them. And they right. was like, yeah, um, they'd be starting in like a week and a half. And I was like, okay. So they were like send us the pictures. And then next thing I know, producers called me back and was like, yep, we're going to use them. And the day they turned 21 days old, they were on set too. So, wow. Yeah. They were on set and the whole nine of the hustle and bustle of being moved around with a lot of people around them. They're very, used yeah. to that. so they're mm-hmm. not, they know the village. I think if it was just me by myself, they would think something was wrong. Like, well, where's yeah. grandma? Well, I ain't seen daddy. Well, like, I think yeah. if it was only me, they'd be like, what? Because they're so accustomed to people being around. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I love that your life has been fashioned in a way to 
support your lifestyle in that way. Um, because like you said, it's, it is a blessing because everybody doesn't have it like that. And I never like, I never want people to feel bad about, you know, my stance on it. But I think even if you don't have that huge support system, you can still find a way. Like if it's important to you, if it matters to your dreams and it's not going to put your child or you in any kind of detriment, then you'll figure it out. You will I find even, a way. So yeah, I mentor a lot of moms in the business, young moms in the business who, you know, aspire to act or write. And they look at me and they were like, well, how'd you do it? You're still pretty young yourself and you just out here. And I started doing this thing called like mom connect where like, Mm -hmm. this is a mom who's an actress and she has a kid. And this is a mom who's an actress who has a kid. Why don't you guys work together to when you have to put something on tape? Hey, could you watch little Susie for two hours while I go get this on tape? Bet. Okay. And now I'm going to do that for you. And it's like yeah. a swap. Cause a lot of, I, like a lot of people are like, well, I don't have a babysitter. I don't have this. I don't have that. And I'm like, but you can do it. Yeah. You can do it. Start making friends with other moms in this business because they all we all need a support system. Yeah. Like, Look, girl, we're gonna work together to make it to the top. So I you love help me, I'm gonna help you. And that's it. We're gonna put them to sleep, make them take a nap, and we're gonna help each other do this script. We're gonna get each other on tape. Like kids are adaptable. You gotta work yeah. around them. Don't let them run they don't 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 let them run your schedule. No, yeah. Yeah. I love <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs> I love that. I, oh my goodness. I, I'm so inspired by you, Danny. Like keep, keep keep working, keep working. I love it. So what can we look forward to in the future? What's in the pipeline? We know we got the sequels for Charlie coming. What else yeah. is happening with you? Well, what else is happening with me? Um, Charlie, as well as Outsource, just got accepted into the Illum Film Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also in consideration for a couple other film film festivals. So that's exciting. My, Congratulations. Yeah, it is my hope that uh, they'll get picked up. And so when Corona's over, I'll be on the film festival circuit yet again. Uh, I am getting ready to apply for um, a director shadowship under Shonda Rhimes. Wow. So I'm hoping if I get selected to that, um, then I'll have to go to LA for a little while, which is no problem. And I'll get a chance to shadow behind a director who works for a Shondaland production. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's exciting. And then I'm still auditioning for everything under the sun. I have great agents and they <laughs> they send me everything from network projects and films. And so just, yeah. That's that's amazing. Well, if there's anything that I've taken away from this conversation, and I hope that those listening do as well, is the importance of finding your tribe and your support system. And if you can get that working well and oiling itself, then there is nothing that you cannot accomplish. Nothing at all. And if you have an idea, write it down. Like you do not have to know how to write a script to write a script because it is very easy to find examples of scripts online. Um, If you are an actor as well, you can pull up a script you've been sent for an audition and see how it's formatted. Girl, I ain't know what I was doing. I just knew I had an idea and I needed to get it out there. Yeah. You know, um, I mentor people as well as do consultations with people all the time um, regarding like teaching them how to organize their script, teaching them the production side of it and how to get organized and figure out how to take that idea, turn it into a script or take that script and turn it into a movie. So it's, 
It's possible. That's beautiful. Look, there's a thousand ways to make a million dollars. Yes, girl. There's a thousand, a thousand ways, ways to make a million dollars. Like. Well, yes. So where can the people find you? I am on Instagram like all the time, girl. Like <laughs> just Instagram. Like I'm not even going to lie to you. I, I've tried to do the other platforms and I'm like, it's just too much to keep it's up too with. Much. Yeah, I, I am you. an Instagram girl. I am, you can find me at I am Danny Coleman. It's really simple. I am Danny <laughs> Coleman. Um, and from there, you can connect to my production company page, One Fine Film. Um, I just recently got back into Twitter, but I'm still not really that into it. Yeah. I had, so once upon a time, I had a Twitter and it had like thousands of followers. And then, like, I stopped using it. And I was like, eh, I'm going to just start over. I don't even know how to log into that one. <laughs> and so like two weeks ago, I started a Twitter and I may have tweeted 10 times since then. So like if you want to see the real Danny and like get a good idea of what's going on in my life, it's Instagram. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And I wish you continued success in all of your endeavors. Thank you. Thank you. I love your podcast. I'm so excited. I got a chance to be on it. I got introduced to it through Jay and I was like, yeah, oh, this is pretty tough. Okay. Black girl magic. I like it. Yes, thank you. The, let me tell y'all something. See, treat things good and things will treat you good. I treat Instagram lovely because I love it. And I, every opportunity and yes. that I have gotten honestly, in the past year has come from Instagram, from my very first film of Finding Sunshine. Wow. Came from an Instagram post that was a contest. And I was like, I got a story to tell to, um, to what is it? A, a lot of the interviews and podcasts and shows that I've been invited on for interviews have come through people following me through Instagram. Wow. I got hired as a producer on an upcoming feature film that has nothing to do with me because they followed me on Instagram and like, I've been watching you. Can we take a meeting? Hey, can you take wow. this movie? So yes, that's all my like, girl. Listen, me and Instagram got a thing. Yes. Same thing with same thing with full bloom. I learned about it because my brother, Jay Scott, that's my brother, pulled it up, like pulled up the interview that he did and was posting about it. And I was like, oh, this is cute. Well, let me follow her. She's talking about something. So. Yes, I really appreciate the support. And I'm going to take some of your good Instagram vibes and just send it my way. Uh, yes, absolutely. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I may not see, but Hope you enjoyed today's conversation in bloom and don't forget to rate, subscribe and review this podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next week.